joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.35 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. You are invited to our Easter service April the 17th at 10.35 a.m. There will be great music about the risen Savior and a wonderful message from our pastor, Jim Devney. Please consider spending your Easter with us April the 17th at 10.35 a.m. Then, just two weeks later on April the 29th at 7 p.m., we're having our praise and worship night. We will come together and share testimony and song to lift up Jesus Christ. Please come, bring your friends and neighbors. That's Friday evening, April the 29th at 7 p.m. Now, let's join the service. To meet this man, I have that in my mind. Did my mother 
shirts. His name is in the book on the wall, and with their songs, we pray, we ask in His name. His name is Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names, the Son of the living God, the Prince of Peace. He defeated death, now He's the risen King. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. From sin, I offer him my life and I grow to love him more. One day I'll meet him on the other shore. His name is Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names, the Son of the living God, the Prince of Peace. He defeated death. Now he's the risen King. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names, the Son of the living God, the Prince of Peace. He defeated death, now He's the risen King. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. You're faithful, faithful in all things. In every high, in every low, on mountain tops, down broken roads, you're still my rock, my hope. What may my 
shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd, leads me to still water, and he restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, leads me to still waters. He restores my soul.
Amen. Sing it with us now. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you
Don't that sound like a song? Stop and think about what you don't understand. Things like life and love, how it all began. Hear the doctor say he can't explain it, but your cancer is gone.
7 verse 1 he says this judge not that you be not judged and how many times have we heard as Christians you're not supposed to judge uh, judge not and I've heard that many many times throughout my ministry for sure and people have an obsession of using that verse uh, to stop us from what we might be saying to them many say uh, making judgments itself is judging something or somebody else, especially coming from Christians, is wrong because the Bible says, judge not. Huh? And they will point to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 here. And uh, I, I like to say a few things to those people. Uh, you know, you got it all wrong. Actually, the Bible wants us to judge. But it's just the way that we judge or determine something, discern something, come to a conclusion about something that most people don't like. <laughs> because we come from the Bible. Amen? We want what the Bible says. And uh, that's our key. Society promotes tolerance. Yes, our society, it's intolerant of Christians, especially absolute truths. They want truth to be determined by each individual, and especially not by God. <laughs> uh, that's called relativism. Uh, they say, well, my truth is different from your truth, and that might be your truth, but anymore, though, they're trying to cancel culture. They'll cancel you if you disagree with them any longer. And so it's a lot of things that's going on. 
The claim that Christians are not to judge is often made when dealing with somebody's sinful behavior according to the Bible. Like abortion, we stand up and we say, we believe that's wrong. Adultery, we believe that's a sin. Crime, government overreach, over abuse, <laughs> pornography, defund the police. We believe that violates Romans chapter 13 where our government is to, to protect and keep safe its citizenship. Amen? Transgenderism. I got criticized this past week for saying, what is a woman? <laughs> if you don't know, ask me after the service. <laughs> it's amazing what's going on today, isn't it? But that violates God's structure, God's word, God's authority when he says he created male and female, period. Amen? When we talk about pride, anger, worry, fear, jealousy, covetousness, they say, oh, judge not. <laughs> you can't judge. <laughs> We're living in an age of political correctness. The Christian today, too many of them are intimidated, so they keep silent about sin, no matter how vile or how disrespectful that sin may be. Even the Pope got in the act. He said this, If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? That's interesting. So the conclusion to this then, who am I to judge, is we should not defend godly behavior and we should never speak out when sinful moral decay gets worse and worse. Who am I to judge? Amen? Sean Braxick said this. I thought it was great. We believers are always to be kind, gracious to everyone. And everybody said, Amen. We understand that God's word pricks, convicts the lost person's conscience. And we know that the first thing they usually tried to hide behind is some fig leaf. And I thought that was good because of Cain and so on, right? Isn't it interesting that when a saved person or lost person is confronted by the truth, they often at that moment use God's holy word to justify their behavior. Can't judge. Can't say anything about what I'm doing. Can't judge. Well, remember something that's important. One needs to see their sin to see their need of a Savior. One needs to see their sin in order to get back in the will of God. And they need to see that. You can never make a recovery until you own up to what's going on in your life that's wrong. Amen? In regards to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, it's cleared up very easily by simply reading its context. That's a novelty today. Huh? Read the context. Now notice what it states in these following verses. Judge not that you be not judged. 
For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? That's good. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly and cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Now that's a great context right there. To what type, what kind of judging is Jesus referring to? He's talking about hypocritical judging. Amen? This is a hypocrite who's criticizing somebody else who has a bigger problem in his own life. Amen? That's a hypocrite. The word judge, by the way, is a Greek word, krino, K-R-I-N-O, and it means to discern in order to judge. It means to form an opinion or come to a conclusion about a matter. Now, to believers, God's word helps us to form sound conclusions, okay, on life's issues, on our beliefs, on our doctrine, in our behavior, and what's right and what's wrong. God helps us through his word to come to the conclusion that his word is truth about these issues. Make sense? 2 Peter 1.3 says this to us, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. God has given us in his word, the knowledge of his word, to know, to understand about the issues that we face in our life. What is right and what is wrong? We have it right in his word. And here in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is saying it's wrong to be a hypocrite and judge other people. As a matter of fact, our apostle Paul, he even says the very same thing. He says in Romans chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. You're criticizing them, and you're doing the same thing. You're a hypocrite. Amen? Notice verse 21 then. Thou therefore which teacheth another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? He said, wait a minute, here you are out there judging hypocritically because your life is no better 
than their life. Huh? As a matter of fact, you're the one who has the beam in your eye because you think you can correct them when you won't correct your own life. Amen? Now, that's good preaching, Jim. I mean, okay, that's right there. That's the truth. Now, the interpretation of Matthew chapter 7, if you want to know its actual interpretation, it's under the prophecy program to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Jesus is saying, listen, when you go into the tribulation, when you go into the millennium, hypocritical judging like the Pharisees did will not be tolerated. That's the interpretation. When you go there, a lot of people are going to say a lot of things. You don't need to be a hypocrite. Amen? And by the way, the standard that you judge them, after I evaluate your life, I'm going to use that same standard you used on them. I'm going to use it on you. Huh? And as a result of that, you will be condemned. If, say, for instance, you ridicule and condemn a thief and yourself, you're dishonest, you be under my condemnation. If you speak of another person's sins, another person's sin, that, that moat, that speck, but you have major sins, you're the one that has a log, you're the one that has a beam, you're guilty of the same sins, you're a hypocrite, and you will be judged immediately. And the Israelites, the Jews, will be judged immediately in the tribulation and in the millennium if they do that. That's the context that Christ is talking about. But today, this doesn't mean that we remain silent and we don't talk about sin because it says judge not. If we don't judge, come to a conclusion about a matter, how will we know what is good or bad? If you can then do anything, you're like in judges, they did that which was right in their own eyes. And when you come to that place in your life, you're on a downhill spiral because on your own, without the inerrancy of the scriptures, of what God says, you're in a heap of trouble. Amen? Amen. I believe this. God expects us to judge. He expects us to come to a conclusion on matters of what's right and what's wrong. He wants us to discern what is right and what is wrong. He says in Psalm 37, verse 30, The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of what? Judgment. A righteous man is a wise man who does make judgments. He comes to the conclusion on matters of what God says is right and what God says is wrong. Today's society is like Amos chapter 5. Seek good and not evil, that you may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good. 
and establish what? Judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord of God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. He said, hate evil, love good, make judgments. Come to a conclusion about certain manners of life and so on. How can you hate the evil and love the good if you refuse to judge? You can't. Jesus said this in John 7, 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. How would it be righteous judgment? It's according to truth. The truth in your heart, the truth of what God's word says. There in that verse right there, he says judge righteously. You can judge, just do it according to my word and have the right heart. Amen? Our generation is well described in Isaiah 59.8 that says the way of peace they know not and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. There in that verse right there, no judging, you will have no peace. Huh? Wrong always will come and bite you in the rear. You might put it off a day or two by just saying, eh, not saying anything, You're, you know. But it will keep coming at you. Sooner or later, you're going to have to stand up and say, this is what God says. This is the truth. I come to the conclusion on the matter. I believe God and not you. Amen? The Apostle Paul gives us some instruction here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. But he that is spiritual, what? Judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. He that's spiritual. In other words, judging is a characteristic of a being who is spiritual. They have maturity. They have a relation with God and his word. That person has the right to judge. And as a matter of fact, his life is such that you can't find anything in his life that would make him hypocritical in judging something because he's spiritually matured. So Paul said, hey, this is a characteristic of somebody who is mature in God. He judges things. He determines. He discerns. He comes to the conclusion on the matter. This is what the world is saying, but this is what God is saying. And I'm going to come down on God's side. Amen? We're bombarded by what the world wants us to do. I'm just waiting for him to come in the church. You know it's coming one day. And God help us to have the strength to be able to stand for what is truth according to what God says is truth. 1 Corinthians 5.3, Paul says this, For verily as absent in body but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present. And notice concerning him that hath done this deed. Here's a, a, a young man. He's having a sexual relationship 
with his stepmom. He's committing immorality. Paul says, I've come to the conclusion by what he's doing that I've judged he's sinful. As a matter of fact, you need to get him out. That's what he says. Until later on, the young man repents. Then Paul says, receive him, love him. Amen? But he made a judgment. It states in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. As a body of believers who study the Bible together, in a sense, and as we study this together, we ought to come down on the same thing, that we come to the conclusion that God's truths are truth. We ought to have the same mind about that. The world, education, the White House, the Congress, the Senate, all these people saying all these things, and we have to step back and say, no, it's not true. I've come to the conclusion on the matter. That's false. God is true, and they're a liar. Amen? Not to be unkind, but just state the facts. Amen? Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to, pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a wise man among you, no, not one, that shall be able to judge between his brethren? Paul said, hey, listen. Christians need to stand up, stand up and judge certain things. They need to have the ability to discern what is right, what is wrong, and come to that conclusion to help keep unity even within the church. Now, if judging is wrong then Paul's guilty of misleading these believers. But he's not wrong. He said, you need to grow up and get your big britches on. Amen? Then uh, we're, we need to not be running around trying to always judge people. I'm not saying that. But there are given times we need to. And by the way, a person who has the ability to judge, to discern, to come to a conclusion should always be willing not to fail in judging himself. Amen? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. 
Sometimes we need to say, God, here I am. <laughs> and look at your own life and make it right. So I conclude with this here. Always remember this. There isn't anything that we see someone else do wrong. Now, don't get that. Don't miss that. That we are not capable of doing ourselves under the right circumstances. Just because they've fallen doesn't make me better. Under certain circumstances, I could be doing the very same sin. Because we all have flesh, we all have the old nature, and we're all capable. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Galatians 6.1 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. <laughs> if you're having problems with immorality, you don't sit down and counsel somebody who's having an immoral affair. That's hypocritical. Amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says this here. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Don't be hypocrites and self-righteous from the basis that you think you're better than others. We always are to have a godly, humble attitude to help others, to get back in the race. To those who don't believe you should judge at all, that's not scriptural. And to those who have not believed in Christ, you need to believe him as your Savior today so that you don't face him as the judge one day. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, John 5.22 says this here. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto who? Jesus Christ will be the judge of people. Acts 17.31 says this here, because he hath, the Father hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man, Christ, whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. He's ordained to be the judge. Acts 4.12 says this here, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other Name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Today he offers to be your Savior. But if you die without Christ, or the rapture takes place, whatever it may be, one day you will stand before Christ. He will be your judge. Amen? But he doesn't want to be your judge. He wants to be your Savior. You say, what do you mean by that? You're a sinner. We all are. And our sin will send us to hell. No sin's allowed to heaven. But Christ on the cross took our place on that cross. He sacrificed himself for our sins because he loved us. He died and shed his blood on that cross. They buried him. Three days later, he broke the chains of death and came forth alive. That's called the gospel. That's the good news. 
And you here today, if you've never put your faith in that gospel, you're not saved. I don't care how many church memberships you had, how many times you've been baptized, how much money you give, how many good works you do, that has nothing to do with you being saved. Everything being saved is done by Christ. I just need to believe who he is and what he's done. I believe it in my heart because the Bible says so. About this judging, God's word has already declared what is and is not sin. So technically, we are not judging the world, the lost, or even the saved. God's word already does that. We just believe it and share it. Amen? So blame God. (laughs) Our goal is not to be unkind in this judging, unloving, to save people or to lost people, but to tell them that their only answer is Jesus Christ. And in the sharing of that, we're trying to let them know that we were there once in our own life. But God's done something in our life. I close with this. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, following. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's the good part. And such were some of you. Don't ever forget where you came from. You came from a sinful, lost position, and we're no better than anybody else. We've just been graced with the fact that we had the opportunity to believe and get saved. That's what's made us different. Amen? So don't ever forget, you know, our stuff still stinks. Amen? Amen. And such were. That's past tense. Now that I'm saved, I'm no longer like that. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. When I put my heart, my faith in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, that gospel... At that moment, he cleansed me of all my sin. He separated me from my old life, and he placed his spirit inside me and declared me righteous in the sight of Almighty God. And I had nothing to do with that except I believe in his son and his work. Isn't that something? I'm sitting pretty good. Huh? How about you? You sitting good this morning? If not, you need to believe in Christ. Judge not, not hypocritically, but God wants us to judge, to bring things to a conclusion about matters so that we know the difference between what God's word says is right and what God's word says is wrong. And regardless of what the world says, we follow God.
Amen? We follow God. Even if the schools teach evolution and everybody's saying, you're crazy if you don't believe in that, I said, well, I'm sorry. I've come to a conclusion. Uh, I've judged something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, uh, that you want us to discern and to make decisions and come to conclusions about truth and error, what's right, what's wrong, and not to be uh, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but, Lord, just to trust what your word says. And, God, help us always to have a humble spirit, always to have a spirit of restoration, reconciliation, reaching out in compassion and love to help somebody to get back on track. God, give us that opportunity in the days ahead. Thank you for the people here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpindy.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.